0: It's been a few months now since I've met the David Brothers, Brother Ronnie and Brother Rowell from our Growing Up CODA series. And you know, I remembered when our team here worked on their story. We wondered, will other people, even if they're not part of the deaf community, relate to their story? Will our listeners gain as much as we did from their story? Well, turns out we were in for a surprise.
1: Stood out to me is how the parents continued to attend worship service for more than 18 years, despite not being able to. I'm a choir member, so the fact that there is no music in their worship
0: still makes me cry. <laughs> there is something for everyone in their story, and every bit of it was so inspiring. For the past few weeks, we've heard from a lot of you through text messages, comments, and direct messages on social media like these. Thank you so much
2: for sharing such a wonderful and inspiring story. How moved
0: I medical. was listening to you know, your life story. And we get it. Many of you, like us, have been completely immersed in the first two Growing Up Coda episodes. So immersed that some of you even told us that you've listened or watched the first two episodes a few times. The kids watch it first and they told me about it.
1: I watched it a couple times already and I still cry about it, it's so inspiring.
0: And you told us about your biggest takeaways and how these lessons are making an impact in your own lives.
1: Sacrificing yourself so that your kids could have more, could have better.
0: And one question we got from a lot of people was, will there be a part three? Do we get to meet the parents?
1: I did hear that part three was coming. Gonna be in it. Oh, I would love to see her. I'm so excited.
0: We heard you. And honestly, we were just as eager as you to meet their parents. You're listening to Making Changes. I'm Aliu Garcia Pablo. It's a show about the changes we go through and the life lessons we learn along the way, but always with God by our side. It's part three of our Growing Up CODA series and our season finale. Today's episode is like no other. Hello, Brother Ramon and Sister Raquel. And yes, today you will meet the parents, Ramon and Raquel David, who are both deaf, the two people who raised Brother Ronnie and Brother Raquel to be the ministers of the gospel they are today. And we'll also be joined by Rose Guillermo, who will translate for us, and as you'll soon learn, is now a part of the David family, in a way that only God could have planned. Uh, are
1: you recording your video, call, Rose, Paul? Um I think it is on.
0: In this episode, you'll hear from our viewers and listeners who had their own set of questions for the family, specifically for the parents. So many of you wanted to learn more about them, like, how did they meet? Or how did they come to that decision to sell the house? And how do they have that kind of faith?
3: He's very nervous. He's she, that, that, that doing was, great! That was one of the things that she mentioned. She said, I don't know what to say. I'm-
0: so before we get started, you'll hear a lot of po in this episode. Po is a term of endearment in the Filipino language used when showing respect to the one you're talking to. And you'll also notice us addressing one another as brother or sister or ka, short for kapatid in Filipino. It's a way we show love for the brotherhood in the Iglesia Ni Cristo or Church of Christ. And in case you're listening to this as a podcast, we highly suggest to also watch the video version as well from the INZ Media app or our website, INZmedia.org, to be able to see the faces of the parents and see their expressions when they sign. It's a whole different experience when you see them. But for now, you'll hear a voice dub when they answer. Brother Ramon and Sister Raquel, so nice to finally meet you for agreeing to be with us on part 3 of growing up koda.
4: Yes, when I saw the invitation I'm very happy and also seeing everybody here. My son's so I'm very
3: grateful when when, when we first told her about the interview and mm-hmm. that they that everyone wants to meet them. She said, "But why us? We're not the only deaf people." <laughs> <laughs> Why, why, why do they want to meet us? And you know, but but they're 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 very nervous.
0: How does it feel, Paul? When you watched the episodes, Paul, how did it feel watching Paul, your sons and hearing their stories, Paul?
4: When I saw my sons, I'm truly truly touched. Very inspired on how they tell the story. And it made me cry. Mm -hmm. So thank God. And very, very happy and very proud of my sons.
0: Which part hit you the hardest, Sister Raquel? Which part touched you the most from the stories they told?
4: You're just going to make me cry. Well, I can still feel the reality of our stories and how my sons grow up And I'm deaf, you know, and I cannot believe it, that they are now ministers. And this is really God's gift. I know that God helped my sons and where they are right now. And this really made me happy and very proud. So I really thank God for this. So I know that God will always take care of my sons and their family. He will never forget us. And I truly, truly love God
0: truly truly love God this is a statement that their mother Raquel said over and over again in this interview her deep love and respect for God is truly undeniable and that alone explained it all how the boys were raised how she worshiped and how she lives her life every day with no excuses and with no fear and then it was time for them to answer your questions and because this special episode is for you, our listeners, our viewers, I wanted to start with what shocked many, if not all, who listened to part two. This question is from Jan. She's actually one of our producers here at INC Media and who helped us in this recording.
1: My question is, um, when we found out that you sold your house full, um, what were your prayers like? What... Um, what made you decide, okay, we have to sell the house? And what were your, what was your conversation with your husband like? Was it easy? Was it an easy decision? Was it a hard decision? Because I cannot even share my french fries with my family, but you sold your house. <laughs> um, so tell me, how, how did that come about? Well,
4: it's a lot of stress. It worries me a lot. I know how difficult life in the Philippines is, not having enough food. So that came to mind. You know, with Roel, he got sick too. He did not tell me that he got sick when he was in the Philippines. He was hospitalized. How would you feel? You know, I'm the mother. And so I have a niece who told me. And finally she told me about my son being in the hospital. That worries me a lot. So as soon as I got home, I prayed more. I know we don't have a lot of income to support my sons, and so we came to the discussion. We have to sell the house. And so I continued to encourage my sons to just continue with their studies. I wanted them to continue to become a minister. And that will make me happy, and we will just be patient. We don't want to do anything that will ruin their studies. And so I constantly ask for help. So we decided to just move in with my sister and sell the house. That way, I'll be able to save some money. And you know, find ways and means on how we can support my sons. And now they're doing very well. Thank God.
0: You know, I must have heard the story about Raquel and Ramon's decision to sell their house at least a dozen times while we were editing the story. But just like you, I'm still so moved. But let's back up a little bit and let's learn more about Raquel and Ramon before they became parents. Here's another story that so many of you wanted to know.
1: What is your love story, Paul? How did you meet and how'd you fall in love?
4: That's all, thank you again.
0: Before we start, we just wanted to mention one thing we learned while producing this episode, which is that both mom and dad were actually not born deaf. As kids, they had both taken medication that caused them to lose their hearing. Mom Raquel was a few months old when she lost her hearing, while dad Ramon was six years old when he lost his hearing. But anyway, back to their story.
4: So initially, Ramon wanted to be friends with me, and I turned him down right away. He asked me if he can be mm, my boyfriend, and I turned him down right away because I'm an iglesia ni Cristo, and he's not a member, so I walked away. I kept on turning him down, and I refused to have any relationship because I'm an iglesia ni Cristo.
0: What was it about Sister Raquel that you um, you saw and you, you, you liked? Why did you like her?
4: Yes, answer why.
5: Well, she's a woman who's very religious. And I like that better than the other girls that I saw. She always oh. goes to church.
0: Eventually, Raquel transferred from a deaf school to a hearing school. Then one day, a knock came at the door.
4: So before visiting my house, he kept on asking our friends and classmates where I live. And so he got accompanied by someone to visit me at home. And while I'm at home studying, you know, for my homework, my niece answered the door. She saw someone at the door, saw someone who was very handsome and told me that there's someone, a guy who's at the door. And I still refuse to see who's at the door. And when I saw it's Ramon, I told him, no, I don't have feelings for you and I don't want to be in a relationship. I just wanted to continue with my studies. Go home. I don't want you. And he insisted on knowing me. And I told him, I'm a member of the Iglesia Ni Cristo. A long time ago, this is the sign for Iglesia Ni Cristo. And he did not understand what Iglesia Ni Cristo is. And he became very curious about it. He wants to know more about the church. And I told him, well, see for yourself and find out for yourself. Look for it. Please go home and look for it. So I basically did not help him to find this. But he's the one who searched for it. I don't even know what he did, but I think he just did it on his own, looking for the church.
5: Yes, I actually wanted to go to the church, you know, because I wanted to be blessed too.
4: So he went through the doctrinal lessons and he was baptized. And then he came back to my house, knocked on the door, and told me that he was baptized.
0: So she had no clue. She had no idea that he was doing Bible studies on his own.
4: Well, when he knocked on the door and told me that he was baptized, I did not believe him. I thought he was joking. And I asked Mm -hmm. him, where did he get baptized? And he said, in Iglesia Ni Cristo. There was a man, a brother in the Church of Christ who invited me and you know guided me and I got baptized. I came here to see you, but I still did not believe at that time that he was baptized.
5: I got baptized in Temple Central in Quezon oh, City wow.
0: and he did. A former Catholic, Ramon began attending worship services in Templo Central in Quezon City, Philippines. He had Bible studies and was eventually baptized. And soon, his dad also joined the church. So from there, Raquel now welcomed, being courted by him, and eventually they got married. Meanwhile, her parents had petitioned her to come to America. And then it was her time to go. But she was two months pregnant with her first son, Ronnie. I was very
4: concerned because I had to move to the United States. And so I decided to always pray for help, for guidance, when I leave the Philippines for the U.S. What did you pray for? I was worried about my worship service. How am I going to get to the worship service if I'm here in America? And you know, that was my concern. I was relying on my parents.
0: Where will we go to church Once Raquel arrived in America, she and her family would travel to Charleston, South Carolina for worship service, a five-hour drive. But with her persistence to be able to worship consistently, Raquel found a way.
2: They were able to find other members uh, across middle Georgia, and then they decided to have it there in the house in the beginning, and eventually moved on to a YMCA when it grew bigger, and so on and so forth became Atlanta, then
0: South Atlanta and North Atlanta.
2: But uh, yes, boy, it did start there in, uh, in our house.
0: So Sister Raquel was the instrument to, to, for the church to, um, to basically have worship services in the whole state of Georgia. Faith can truly move mountains. The brothers even talked about when their mom first came to America, not knowing yet where to worship, she would still get dressed on Sunday mornings and be in her room and pray. Or when she first had Brother Ronnie as a baby, she would leave the house and walk and just keep walking, just wanting to be out looking for the nearest Iglesia Ni Cristo house of worship. Her faith was so deeply rooted that no one could pull it, change it, or weaken it. So, a lot of questions. A lot of um, a lot of people. This is the, the the comment that we got a lot of: is how in the world did? Um, both uh, Sister Raquel and Brother Ramon, how in the world did they did they stay so strong in their faith for eighteen years? Number one, first, not having a place of worship when they first arrived, but also not having an interpreter. How did they stay that strong in their faith and not, you know, get lazy in their in their services or get complacent? What why why? Why were their faiths so strong all those years?
4: Because I always felt that I always wanted to go to church and I don't want to miss any worship services. I always go to church because I know that God is the only one who can make me feel better. I don't want to just miss any worship services and be complacent. I want to go to church and do my service because I really, really love God. Ronnie and Roel, you know, my family will tell them to stay home. And I said, no, they're going to be with me to go to church. They are still my sons and they will follow me and they will go to church. And so we were always together going to church.
0: Where does her love for God come from? How did she become like that? How did she become so faithful
4: I think this is a lot of respect for God. I always dream about God. It's just that I feel that I am. He's always by my side, regardless of what trials and difficulties I'm experiencing. And that's how I always felt. That's always been my feeling.
0: It was at this point that I realized while listening to Raquel and how she passionately talks about her deep love for God without saying a word, perhaps it's because living in a silent world and often in a lonely world all her life, that God has been her constant companion in her thoughts, in her dreams, and in every breath she took. Being an outsider in a hearing and unpredictable world, God had been the only one she could rely on. And as she spoke, we can see how deep faith carried over to her children. Here she talks about how prayer has been a staple in their home and how she began to tell her boys that God has big eyes. I know there's a
4: lot of things going on in school. I don't want them to copy whatever's happening in school or any peer pressure. So I always remind them not to listen to bad things. When they go to school, cover their ears. And you know, don't use bad words. I keep, I keep on reminding them, advising them that God is always looking at you and so don't ever do that. And so later on, I what I did, I just constantly remind them that God is Almighty that they can see Him everywhere they are. And so I constantly advise them to always pray, and God will take care of them, so they better be good. So even if I'm not watching, I know that God is just all over. Because I know they're very young when we started praying to God. And you know, we always have that as part of our lives. You know, with Ronnie, he inspired me. Ronnie probably is about one year old. And that night, you know, I told Ronnie I have to kneel and pray. And Ronnie was just looking at me. I was on my knees and he was just watching me and trying to copy me. I didn't know that he was copying me when I said, Amen. And I looked at Ronnie. He was still praying and he was holding his hands. He was praying, and it really gave me goosebumps, inspired me to see him praying together with me. And then we slept. I did not teach him. He was just doing it himself. That's a big inspiration for me to see. So I continue to really, really ask God for help in everything that we do.
0: But at this point in the interview, we wanted to go back to that life-changing moment they had during the 95th anniversary. What it was like to see you, Sister Rose, is to see an interpreter for the first time in America in a worship service. What was that like for them?
4: Well, I was just trying to be part and participate in the event. My husband Ramon keeps on telling me there's a sign language interpreter right there on the screen. And I did not see any interpreter. But then my husband, you know, told me to just watch the screen. I did not actually understand a lot of American Sign Language. It was not as clear as before. However, I was just grateful.
5: So when I saw the interpreter and I saw her on the screen, so I decided to get closer to where the interpreter is. My wife is very shy and she doesn't want to go in front. So I went to the front. I'm not shy.
4: I was with my friends and my sister sitting down with all my group from my locale. You know, we all sat together. I was shocked. I felt like I'd been wanting that for so long. I had to sit and really, really pay attention. I did not pay attention to anything else. It was a beautiful interpretation. I just love watching it. I could envision the church having an interpreter everywhere I go.
5: Well, I know. I've been waiting. I've been needing a sign language interpreter. So I've always wanted to see one. During the night event, I cannot see from afar. So I had to move forward to see the interpreter right in front of me. That's what I did.
0: I was also really curious about Rose's version of this pivotal moment.
1: Uh, Yes, uh, 95th is one of the most uh, memorable moments of our lives. Um, I do have my deaf friends and my parents that I was inviting. They were not members yet of the church. And uh, one of the reasons we requested for interpretation, because I have a lot of deaf friends who wanted to go to the 95th, Uh, living in Washington, D.C.
0: So just when you think that the story of this family cannot get any more special, well, you see, at this point during the 95th anniversary, the Davids didn't know Rose, the ASL interpreter. She was from New York, while the Davids are from Georgia. What they did not know is that Rose is also a CODA, a child of deaf adults. She had been trying for over two decades to share her faith with her Deaf parents and her friends in the Deaf community. And so every chance she could, she would always sign and translate for them in church activities or Bible studies or worship services. And as you'll soon hear, the way that the lives of these two families will now be intertwined forever is proof that there's no such thing as coincidences.
1: So we have like uh, probably about 10 deaf visitors. And um, it was, a, it was a, a moment wherein I told myself, I'm gonna rest a little bit uh, since the main event is over um, and I'm gonna sit. So I walk away from the camera and I saw an empty chair. And there's a man, who, a brother, who is just standing right there with the chair, holding on to the chair. But he was not sitting down. He was just standing there and holding on to the chair. So I asked the brother, brother, you know, he has the ribbon. When you have a ribbon, you're a member of the church. So I said, brother, are you going to use the chair? And then this brother started gesturing. i said what (laughs) you're deaf and then he said yes so i right away i got my goosebumps knowing that we have a brother who's deaf i've been dying i've been dying to see deaf people in church Mm. primarily my parents were not members at that time and it's here on 95th anniversary And then he started saying. When he did that, I started crying because I've never seen a brother who's a member. Yes, a ribbon. And also a deacon at the same time. Who was deaf. Who's deaf. That was the first time we've ever met. And I said, where's your family? Oh, my wife is back there, back there. Bring her over. I'm going to introduce you to my parents. And that's where it happened.
0: Even though they didn't know it yet, but this would be the moment that God took their paths and joined it together, making their lives completely intertwined forever. Meanwhile, eventually, Raquel followed her husband Ramon and found a seat in front of Rose.
4: And so in the beginning, like I said, I did not understand fully well American Sign Language. However, you know, we're in constant communication with each other. And so I kept up with my ASL skills now. So finally, it's an open communication
0: for us using this language. Now, before we go into the details of how both their families became one big family, let me tell you about our awesome ASL interpreter, Rose, who up to this point had never met another Deaf church member. Well, she has her own story to tell.
1: I've experienced so much persecution from my parents, and it's very difficult with, there's a barrier when it comes to communication. So I have to keep up with the skills of signing so that one day, they will also be part of the Church of Christ. And so seeing someone who's deaf and a member and who's a deacon, that means my parents have hope. Mm. They have hope of getting saved. They have hope of becoming a member too one day. And they did.
0: And because she's a coda herself, she related to the brothers instantly.
1: But if you have deaf parents, the bonding of the children, the hearing children, are just there, It. We share the same feeling, you know, when uh, you're, you're... Sometimes we have to explain again and again to our parents what we are trying to say. Um, and we, we might have our facial expressions, but that's actually just, you know, explaining it further for them to understand. Uh, it's part of being CODAS. It's, it's a bond, you cannot just take it away. It's just there. And so the minute we uh, met each other, it was just that. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, we were just supporting one another.
0: But here's the thing. Rose didn't meet the brothers till a week later over a video call. In fact, according to the brothers, after the 95th celebration, their parents didn't even tell them they met the interpreter. Meanwhile, what both sets of parents did not know is that their kids had actually met each other at a youth group or Kadiwa gathering the day before the 95th anniversary, without knowing how their two worlds would eventually be joined as one.
1: I have four daughters. Brother Rania and Brother Well met my children. From my understanding, they were bragging, they were so proud of their parents that uh my daughter said, oh, yes, my mom is the interpreter in the church. And uh, his brother, Roel, said, oh, yeah, that my mom is deaf. Hmm. So it's, it's, I I don't know. From my envision, it's happening all at the same time. Hmm. I met the parents while my children met each other. Yes. Yeah.
2: And then it wasn't about a week later that me and my brother, we were at home. I see my mother, she's talking on. They had this uh, TV uh, phone for uh for deaf people and i see my mother just going off talking she's all excited and all that and she's like guys guys come here, come here. i want you to meet this person come here meet this, meet this family come here so then we go over there and i believe carlos is doing the same thing saying hey you guys get over here get over here guys and when we all showed up on the screen i'll let my brother say the
3: rest <laughs> i mean that's basically it we all we all saw each other on the screen and we were like hey we met and then the parents were like, no, we, you know, we, we met as well. And, you know, it, it just happened this
0: show. Okay, we'll we cut to the chase. Brother Ruel actually ended up falling in love and marrying Rose's daughter, Crystal. They've been happily married now for four years. Sister Rose is now
3: your? My, my mother-in-law. Hello, Mom. <laughs> your
0: mother-in-law.
1: <laughs> and I don't know what God's plan is, but I've always wanted my daughters to just marry a minister
0: did you really? Yeah. Oh I wow. Did. Look at that. Yeah. Oh wow. So
1: it was it was we always say it was really meant to be when uh brother well finally asked for cuz I was like waiting. <laughs> you were
0: waiting. Come on. <laughs> so you Wait. were- She She was waiting more than her daughter was. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful story. So really, all around, everyone's prayers were answered. And as only fate and God's plan would have it, these two families are now one big happy family. Oh, and there's more. Brother Ronnie is currently the resident minister in Belmore, New York. The same local congregation that Rose and her family are in. Coincidence? Nah. Always God's plan.
1: One thing, Sister Eliu, I can tell you, Paul, is that I I am the first one in my whole side of the family to become a member of the Church of Christ. Mm -hmm. My only prayer is to have my parents become member too Mm -hmm. because of their disability. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing that was on my mind. And now that I have the David family as part of my family, then it it made me more inspired Mm. that I'm not alone. Not alone. That I'm not, you know, that that God did not abandon me in this endeavor for the deaf people because we have the David family who's going to be there to advocate for for what we want to do. Yes. So So it's it's, uh, something that I believe that God... um, gave us to do, a responsibility for us to to do. Sister I, I until now, I don't know if I'm making an impact, but seeing my parents being in the church after 27 years of persisting on inviting them and turning me down so many, many times, turning me down many times more than when they said yes to doctrinal lessons.
0: 27 years 27, wow
1: seven years
0: what made you keep going years. what made you keep going
1: love for them mm-hmm. love for the deaf that's why I I continue to to be a professional interpreter because I know whatever I'm feeling for my parents right now I'm also feeling it for the deaf community mm-hmm. for my deaf friends I I it's the only thing I can offer them. Mm-hmm. And so whatever I gain, I already made a promise to God. Whatever skills I have right now, I'm definitely going to be sharing it with everyone. Um, because it, it's just to share our, my faith. Mm-hmm. It's That's the main goal, to bring more souls into the fold, whether they are deaf or hearing. They should also have the chance. They have souls they should have a chance to also hear God's
3: words.
0: Both of Rose's parents were baptized into the true Church of Christ and are also as much of a part of this extended family. Hearing Rose say, I'm not sure if I'm making an impact, is such a testament to the kind of heart she has of wanting to serve and help. What started as simply translating for her parents in 2005 has now evolved to being a certified ASL interpreter or translator. She's a pioneering member of CSD, or Christian Society for the Deaf, here in the States. Today, she teaches ASL classes as part of the New Era University Certification Program.
1: My cultural background with the deaf community helps a lot, when it comes to that. And so, the church administration's advice was to still study, get certification, get the experience needed, and uh, move from there. Mm -hmm. So uh, with God's help, I was guided properly and finally got that uh, approval from the church administration allowing me to be an interpreter in the church because they already saw the need uh, for the future, for the deaf community and for those people who really wanted to be saved.
0: In the end, God heard the prayers of Rose and Raquel, these two women whose mission and goal were always to help save people and be of service, all for God's honor and glory. He heard, he listened, and he answered. Sister uh, Raquel, um, your sons had mentioned that you had told them that you wanted them to be ministers so they could help the deaf community. When you see your sons on the CSDF, we, we, we saw them. Um, when you see how your sons are not just preaching the gospel, but are also able to help save the souls of, um, of the deaf, you know, in the deaf community. How does that feel like for you? Yes. I'm
4: more excited to invite my dear friends. I don't have much, but I wanted to invite more because of that.
0: I want my dear friends to be saved too. So your, your sons told us, Sister Raquel, that you have no fear. You will invite the deaf, you will invite the hearing, the speaking. Where do you get that bravery? Why are you so brave and so courageous and you never let being deaf hold you back from sharing your faith?
4: Well, I want to show them a good example, you know, so I keep on inviting. It's just the way it is. And at my job, you know, I also invited them to, you know, seven of them actually I invited. They're not deaf. They're hearing constantly inviting. I just want to ask them, you know, I mean, if they refuse my invitation, it's okay. You know, then the next thing I do is I invited my dear friends using my video relay. I will invite them, call them, you know, just to listen to Bible studies.
0: Um, at this point in our interview, we, I, I think Brother Ronnie and Brother Roel would like to, to say something to you first, Sister Rose.
2: You know, Kyle Rose, ever since the 95th and uh, just knowing that my parents were getting an uh, interpretation, it was already a big thing back then, but to see that it just kept on going and it never stopped. You kept on interpreting. You know, if I could share, Sister Lou, even after uh, me and my brother would come back on breaks, there was one time even uh, Kyle Rose visited, she surprised my family. Her and her, uh, her daughters, and uh, she was able to interpret in the worship service one of our breaks, and I just remember that it meant so much to my parents. But Carlos, I want you to know it meant a lot to us too. We need to see that because even for us, uh, that first year, our prep year in school was very tough, and you need all the inspiration you can get. And to see you interpret for my parents, that was just another reminder. That was just something else to tell us that we need to keep on going and to see that everything you keep on doing for the church until now, you still are interpreting in the worship services. Even later after this podcast, we're going to be having a study of God's words, an evangelical mission sponsored by the Christian Society for the Deaf. And we already have confirmed guests and we're excited to see them. and It just blows my mind that until now, we can still work together like this and God's allowing it, you know? Even for me, myself, to be uh, in your local as your resident minister. You as my head secretary. And we can go out there in the field and we're just trying to bring in as many souls as we can. It's just, it's amazing that we always talked about this before. And then we're finally doing it. So Carlos, thank you so much. And also thank you for helping my parents. uh, To go so long without receiving the words of God. And what little... Spiritual advice they could give us, which was more than enough, but a little spiritual or religious or Christian or biblical knowledge they had has expanded tenfold because of the way you were able to help relay the words to God to them through interpretation. So not only did it develop more for me, my brother, but even for my parents. Thank you so much, Carlos. It means a lot.
3: And just like what Karani mentioned, it it uh, that 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 inspired us as well. And so until now, you know, and for me, I think I thank God all the time because He's He's allowing my my, my brother to be able to be there with you in, in the in the in your local congregation. Uh, I'm I'm thankful for that because I know that they I know that the work they can do together will be able to help so many more people like our parents. And so thank you so much. And of course, you know I can't. You know, I, I have to be able to say thank you as well for accepting me to be your son. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. It is uh, how much you've inspired us. And then now to know that I can be able to call you mom, it, it means a lot. Uh, so thank you. Thank you.
1: I, I've been looking for a son. So um, sometimes my, my children are very jealous that I, I'm very much into my sons than my daughters. <laughs> So thank you for taking one of mine. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You, you. you are inspiration to all of us. Um, we did an interview with Brother Ronnie, and we were just talking about that time flies. He was just a student before before we met him. He was not in the ministry yet. And now he's a full-fledged minister taking care of our local congregation. So we're very, very blessed. So praise be to God.
0: Thank you so much. Of all the local congregations of the church in the world, we're talking thousands, Mm -hmm. and God placed Brother Ronnie in your own local congregation, Sister Rose. There is no doubt that there is work that God really wants you both to do together. So that's so beautiful to see. Um, And, you know, before we end this, Brother Ronnie and Brother Roel, Can we just say thank you for sharing your parents with us? Because we know they're your biological parents, but we feel like watching the stories you've told us. I know a lot of members in the church that watch your story feel like they are being raised by your parents too because of the lessons that they gave you that are sticking with people that have watched you that you may never meet in person ever, but they know your story and your life story and how God has worked, um, your, your life, your challenges, all for the good that, you know, that we're obviously seeing today. Is there anything, brother Ronnie and brother Owell, that you, um, would like to tell your parents? I mean, now that, you know, your story's out and, uh, is there anything that you'd like to tell them in hindsight now that you are full pledge ministers and, and grown, grown adults and grown men about just the impact that they've had on your life as far as raising you the way that they did.
3: Would you want me to go first, Ronnie, or you? Yeah, you can go first. Okay. Um, well, first, I just want to say uh, before I thank them, I just want to say thank you to the to the church administration and this podcast uh, because it's giving us this kind of opportunity. Um, you know, growing up, we, being children of Deaf adults, we don't always have someone that we can, you know, that that communication barrier is tough, and so we don't have that opportunity always to be able to express our feelings and emotions, but then do something like this, you're giving us an opportunity to be able to really say thank you. You know, we've never really done this when it comes to our parents, and so it means a lot to be able to actually do it. And so, for mom and dad, thank you. Thank you for the example that you gave us. You know, one of the questions that the brethren asked earlier was, you know, how how was it that you we were able to raise uh, two boys to be able to become ministers. Aimlessly, we already know what our purpose is in our life, and that is to worship and serve our Almighty. You know, you know, for for everyone that's watching, you know, if you notice, my mom and dad, they they, they don't really answer the questions directly. Um, but that's just because that you know, even when it came to raising us. They they never raised I guess I guess we'll say they never raised us directly. It was always indirect with what they were teaching us. And it was always that example, that example about prayer. It was when we were young, we were one, two years old. That's how we were. All she was already teaching us that, that that example that she gave. And so, you know, if there's anything I could say, it's just really thank you for being the best example that we have, because everything we do now, everything we. We are, it's because of the example that you gave us, and so thank you. Um, you know, even though we're in the holy ministry, we may not always be able to be together, but just like what you always taught us, we know that God is always taking care of you. So, I just want to say thank you for always teaching us that. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Mom and Dad.
2: Thanks for letting me be your son. (laughs) You know what's funny? Yeah, hi, Mom. You know what's funny, Paul? This is me talking to you right now, Mom and Dad. You know what? Our life has been so simple this whole time, and just that just reminds me how simple it was. And even nowadays, whenever I'm preaching, I always think about the younger ones and I want the Kadiwa and Ben He, the younger generation, to really, really take our membership seriously. We only get this life one time. We only have one chance. And whenever I preach, and whenever I think about them, I always think about what my mom would say to me, what my dad would do for me, because it really did stick in my heart. And for some of them that are going through problems with their kids, or problems with their parents, and when families come to me and say, we're having problems with each other, I try to tell them, just take it back. Take it slow. You gotta sit back and realize God is doing something for you. Because even till now, even though I'm a full-fledged minister, even though I have my own local, I've been part of the district, my mom still takes her time to message me every once in a while and say, hey, did you eat anything today? Did you get enough sleep? Did you get enough to drink? And mom, all I wanna say is just thank you so much for teaching me that. I'm just so thankful that I can live my life inside the church and that it could've went, it could've went bad really fast. It could've went the wrong way. And I'm growing up now where I see a lot of my friends aren't with me. They don't hold on to their membership. Unfortunately, some of them let it go and their parents said everything they could to them and they didn't listen. I'm so thankful he didn't say that much. And i never forgot. And I just hope I can be like that to my kids one day. <laughs> Cause sometimes I'm scared when I see what this life has to offer to younger people. And if younger people are already going through such a hard time, how can I take care of my kids? What if I don't have the words to help them get through what they're going through or to even stick to their faith? But you, mom and dad, like, you didn't say much. But here we are now. And I hope, I hope I can be good parents like you were to me real well. And I beg God that he'll continue to strengthen you too. Because until now, you're still my inspiration, mom. He still remind us of what we need to do and i thank god that He blessed us with parents like you
4: thank you very much thank you for telling all these stories i'm truly grateful and very happy that my sons are also here today being together with them I know I'm going to cry again. God bless both of you. God bless. You stay strong, and we're very proud of you.
0: Thank God. This was one of those interviews where we just did not want it to end. It's an interview I'll never forget. Special thanks to the David family for this life-changing experience. We hope you were also moved by their story and immovable faith. Thanks to Rose Guillermo for the ASL translation and for so patiently helping us in this whole CODA series. And a special shout out to Jojo and Diana Galevo, who are the voice dubs for Ramon and Raquel David. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode and please share it with anyone you know who could use some hope and faithful stories like this today. Well, that wraps up season two of Making Changes. Thanks for listening, watching, and just being part of the story for this Growing Up CODIS series. We'll be back in a few months with a new season. Meanwhile, be sure to follow us on our Making Changes podcast Instagram account. And we would greatly appreciate it if you can leave us a review wherever you get our podcast. Making Changes is hosted by me, Alive Garcia-Pablo, and co-produced and co-written with Michelle Barretta Edited by Mike Pigayan and Christina Fenier. Original music by Lauren Santos and Daniel Ketalik. Graphic design by Jason Salazar and doctrinal guidance by Brother Joe Velasquez. Thanks for listening, and may your change uplift you.